Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is the night. This is the night we remember our forefather in faith, Abraham, and his awful choice, his outrageous faith that ended with God's word from heaven staying his hand and then blessing Abraham with a nation. And this is the night we remember that once we were enslaved, powerless to free ourselves from the bonds of Egypt. This is the night we remember that God's word came to Moses, telling him to divide the waters of the Red Sea and to lead us through it. This is the night we remember that God's word saved us from slavery. This is the night we hear God's promise that the Lord is in our midst and will save us from disaster. This is the night. This is the night when we hear God's word coming down to us, speaking to us, the night we move from fear to hope, from slavery to freedom. This is the night when we move from death to life. This night, as we keep the Easter vigil, we hear our salvation history. We hear God speaking God's word into the world again and again this night we gather to tell our family stories. We remember tonight that we began in the dark, but that God's word brings light, that we screw up, but God forgives, that when we see no way out, God parts the waters. This is the night we remember that God loves us so much that he sent his first word, his only begotten son, to live among us, teaching, preaching, healing, raising the dead, and that by God's word becoming flesh, God entered history, altering the structure of the universe, of human nature, once and forever. But the women that morning at the tomb, they didn't know anything about that. When Mary Magdalene and Mary, mother of Jesus, come to the tomb at dawn, they come expecting to see their beloved one dead. These women, they knew their stories too. They knew all about the Exodus. These women had been faithful. They had believed God's word. They believed Jesus had trusted him as Messiah. They had followed him. They had taken risks for him. And then they had watched as this light, this word of God was betrayed by words delivered with a kiss. Greetings, Rabbi. And words muttered in fear and loathing. I do not know the man. These women saw their hope silenced by words of death. Crucify him. But these women... These faithful women had stayed by Jesus' side at the cross. They were at the tomb when he was laid inside, and now they come to the tomb knowing their word of life, their hope, is gone. And don't we understand that? Don't we understand that? Don't we know what it's like to lose hope? 
to live in dark times when light is too hard to see? We're in a dark time now. Perhaps we always are, but now we see how divided our country is, brother against brother, city folk against country folk, talking past one another. Some of us are fixated on Fox, and others of us listen only to NPR. We can't seem to hear one another. We don't seem to know what truth is as we're offered alternative facts and fake news. We're still wrestling with the pernicious weed of racism that returns again and again, most recently with the choking vines of mass incarceration and police brutality. And we're now living in a time when violence again seems to be the knee-jerk human solution to all problems, when chemical gas and bombs are the only response to one's enemies. Perhaps you're in a dark time right now in your own life. Maybe you're facing a broken relationship, illness in yourself or a friend. Maybe you're worried about where your next rent check is coming from. But whenever we're in a dark time, I remember that it's not the first time. I look to history. I look to times that were also dark, remembering that we humans have faced it before. We have faced seemingly insurmountable problems when it's hard to have hope in one's fellow humans, when it's easy to forget that we've got a God who never leaves us. This year, I'm put in mind of a story I only learned about last year when presiding Bishop Michael Curry shared it in his Easter sermon. I'm put in mind of one of the darkest times in our own history in this country when we were at war with ourselves, brother against brother, state against state. During that awful time of slavery, it seemed there would never be a way to end that satanic institution. After years of struggle, the great writer and abolitionist Frederick Douglass was losing hope, had lost faith entirely that whites would ever be brought to end slavery. And so in a speech in Boston's Faneuil Hall, Douglass concluded pessimistically that the only answer to end slavery was armed revolt by slaves, which he knew would end in a bloodbath. Suddenly, a tall figure rose in the back of the crowd, Sojourner Truth, an intersectional woman if I ever met one. Sojourner Truth, whose amazing faith inspired her to escape slavery and then to become a powerful preacher and an activist to abolish slavery and to work for the rights of all women. And Sojourner Truth's voice boomed out that night, challenging Douglas's hopelessness. Frederick, she called. Frederick, is God dead? 
Stunned, Douglas had no reply in that moment. But that challenging, faithful question strengthened Douglas to continue his work along with so many others. They hounded President Lincoln until he finally signed the Emancipation Proclamation some 11 years later. Because one woman knew the risen Lord, knew that even in our darkest times there is light coming, that even in our hopeless times we can never lose hope. Because of that, a man, and then a movement, and then a country was changed. Is God dead? That's not how the women at the tomb that early morning would have asked it, but they did believe that their beloved was dead. And then everything changed in the dark of the morning on that darkest day when they've lost hope, when death seems the only answer to their questions. They feel the earth quake and they see an angel like lightning roll away the stone from the mouth of the tomb. Don't be afraid, he says. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised. And on that word, the women ran with fear and joy, fear and joy to share the news. And then they, they see the risen Lord himself. God is not dead. God is still acting in history in their lives. Their friends, the Messiah, has defeated death. Life has been changed instantly. And beloved, it has been changed for us too. For death has been defeated. Life has come out of the grave. Hope is resurrected. This is the night when we proclaim that God has rescued us. When we proclaim that Christ is risen. When we remember that in baptism we have been buried. We have been buried with Christ in his death. And we have been raised up to new life with him. This night... No, in our lifetime, we must not give in to hopelessness and despair, no matter how bleak things seem. For this is the night that we rejoice that God's word, Jesus who was betrayed and mocked, beaten and crucified, that word was not diminished. Jesus suffered death and lay in the tomb and harrowed hell and was raised. God is not dead. No, God lives and this is the night when we proclaim that. And it's when we proclaim that denial does not get the last word. Betrayal does not get the last word. Violence and fear do not get the last word. The last word is not spoken by Judas or Pontius Pilate, nor by any power-hungry, violent world leader. Sin does not get the last word. Death. Death does not get the last word. The last word, the word Jesus, to end all other words, is love. The last word is love. And so, beloved, this is the night, this is the night when we shout from the rooftops, God is not dead, no. Because, alleluia, Christ is risen. 
The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.